This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. This is Michelle Fern, your host on Best Bets for Pets. Today, we're going to talk to an expert in the area of gut health. You know, there's prebiotics, probiotics, raw food, this food, that food. There's so many different types. My guest has been in the area of gut health for years, and now his focus is on pets. So we'll be right back after this message. everyone, Michelle Byrne here, host of Best Bets for Pets. I have a great audiobook for you, heartwarming, insightful, and often laugh out loud funny. W. Bruce Cameron's A Dog's Purpose audiobook is not only the emotional and hilarious story of a dog's many lives, but also a dog's eye commentary on human relationships and the unbreakable bonds between man and man's best friend. And don't miss the next in the series, A Dog's Courage. Coming this May from Macmillan Audio. Order them wherever audiobooks are sold. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. I'd like to introduce Basil Nazar. He is an expert on gut health. Welcome, Basil. Hey, Michelle. Thanks for having me today. I'm so excited to have you. So there's all these trends in cat food and dog food, too, because some of our cat lovers have dogs. But there's just so much. There's probiotics, prebiotics, transparency, you know, whether you should have raw food, fresh food, wet food. What's going on lately with the trend in cat food that you, you as an expert in gut health see? Well, I think we're seeing a few things happen in the uh, pet industry as a whole, Michelle. Um, I come from, you know, initially from the consumer industry where I had an extensive background in digestive health solutions for humans. And much of that over the last few years, we've educated and translated into a need for both dogs and cats. But as you continue to see what I like to refer to as the premiumization of the specialty channel, you see uh, you know, millennial buyers and or new pet owners that are saying, hey, we want to feed our animals something different, something that's, you know, outside of what it's been standardized over the years. And in that, they're looking for added value. So not only is, you know, where is the protein source select from, what kind of veggies and fruits are you using, but they want to understand, you know, are you infusing your product with probiotics? Are you infusing it at sufficient levels that'll make a difference? And uh, that's really what Boss Cat uh, focuses on, high efficacy levels of infused probiotic content that will make a difference in the overall health and wellness of your animal. Okay, and we're going to talk a lot more about Boss Cat and Boss Dog near the end. But let's talk about what exactly are probiotics. I know they're good for gut health, but I don't know a lot more. And then there's prebiotics too. Correct. So probiotics are, you know, live and active bacteria that help promote positive growth within the digestive system. Equally, it helps move processed food all the way through the colonal rectal part of the body for the animal. So probiotics are an assistant in that. 
Uh, prebiotics are, or oligosaccharides, inulin-based concepts help feed the probiotics. So a combination of the two, I believe, are required to really get the overall benefit that you're looking for uh, when you use the two in conjunction. So how do you know if your cat or dog needs probiotics or, or do they all need it? You know, there's a, a lot of research that's now coming out on probiotics as you continue to see concepts with probiotic content. And I think the most recent one was a research that was done uh, looking at 10 healthy adult Maine Coon cats. And in that, all of the animals were fed the same diet. They were given one specific strain of a probiotic. And there are a few strains, mind you, that qualify as probiotic. And then over the course of a five-week trial, you know, there's really no romantic way of saying this. Their feces were analyzed. And in that, you can see a lot more moisture retention. You can see a lot less of the nutrition passing through the body. And then, uh, then they end up, you know, describing different characteristics of the feces and what nutrition is left within the feces versus an animal that's not having a sufficient probiotic intake. So I think these kinds of studies that we're seeing coming out, and uh, we're also cooperating very closely with our probiotic supplier. Uh, and there's actually a laboratory that we're uh, kind of, I guess, in a sense, co-partnering on because we're taking the products to market. They're providing the probiotic. And over the next 12 to 24 months, we're actually going to be able to do a lot of um, um, controlled type studies to really see what types of probiotic strains, what levels of probiotic strains uh, are necessary within cats, and then uh, be able to start making those suggestions further in, in our product content. So again, we're really excited to see that you know, overall, the industry and, and um, the, the science behind it seems to be exploring further. Well, you know, if you look at the industry, I mean, the pet industry has changed drastically, just even within, sure, within the last decade, even within the last two years with the pandemic. So there's just, I see major changes that are just, I mean, it's like a, a freight train just plowing forward. And there's a lot of change and a lot of um, new things out in, you know, when we get into diet, gut health, treats, all of that. How does the pet parent, how do they know what kind of probiotic to get? I mean, like, for example, do I just notice it's on this food is saying we have probiotics and then, oh, that's a good one? Or do I need to research and see what kind my cat needs? Or is there only one type? For some, some of us that are not scientists, this can be kind of perplexing. I think it's actually the, it's a fantastic question. It was one I was going to lead to here as we go. There's really no clear directive on what probiotics are good versus those that are uh, with respect to pets. And there's a very similar argument for humans. Uh, I can tell you that what's really critical is that you're getting the survivability of the probiotic at the end of the shelf life or during the life of the product so that you can make the sufficient claims. And there's really only one way to do that. A, it's process application, how you introduce the probiotic to the food, and then B, how much of it you add. And, and I can tell you being, you know, within the, I've been in the pet industry now for three years. I've seen, I would say, a handful of concepts that are making probiotic claims that we've actually gone out and measured probiotic content in. And it's one thing to add what we call in the industry a, a sachet of probiotics to your product 
or to actually front load your product with a level that's going to have survivability and offer efficacy in the animal. And that's what we do. And it doesn't come uh, at a cheap cost. I mean, probiotics are extremely expensive, especially the ones that have the capacity for survivability. And um, that's really what I believe segregates what I'm doing versus some of the other concepts that you see that make probiotic claims. Okay. And just to clarify, when you say survivability with probiotics, you want the bacteria to be living so that it does its job in, in the gut of the animal, correct? Correct. And I think there's this misconception that any level of probiotics is enough. And so, for example, um, we have a Greek style frozen yogurt treat that's good for dogs or cats. And uh, at the time that I produced that, it's close to 9 billion probiotics per three and a half ounce cup. The claim on the package is only 3 billion because our pets will consume that between day one or end of shelf life. So that's another thing that's critical when you're taking probiotic content into account, that it can't be what's produced on day one. It has to be what the survivable level is at the end of that shelf life. In some cases, uh, Michelle, some pet foods last a year or two year shelf life. So you've got to really be able to put sufficient levels in there to, to live through that time period. But is there any kind of authentication way to tell that it's authentic, like the, the, the probiotics and the survivability and all of that? Is there a government agency that tests this and makes sure that the claims are correct and real? Yeah, here, here's what I'll say to you. The, the interesting thing about the pet industry is um, the FDA and the governing body, AFCO, uh, have a lot of say in terms of what ingredients you can use in your products. I can tell you, coming into this industry, I was surprised that uh, a lot of the ingredients that one would deem to be more than safe and effective for pets may or may not have made certain lists just because the industry is not used to seeing ancient grains in pet foods, right? Because we've seen, like I said, this premiumization uh, of the uh, the category and of, of all these segments. So, you know, leading to that, in order to be able to make and substantiate these claims, you have to submit your products for a review. Uh, those products have to meet those guidelines. And then even beyond the consumer industry, we have to take those products and license them at the state level. So then they're further, uh, they're subject to further examination. We still think there's a lot of room for growth in the governing body and their ability to understand claims and value-added components and what that means in terms of, um, you know, making a, either a marketing or a health claim. And so the industry is a bit behind in that sense. But yes, there is there are bodies in place to uh, ensure that those things are happening correctly. All right, we're going to take a short break and come back and we're going to learn more about probiotics in a very special kind of food. So we'll be right back. Sit, stay. We'll be right back, right after we kibble a little with our sponsors. Hey everyone, Michelle Fern here, your host on Best Buds for Pets and Catitude. Ben and Jerry's has frozen treats for dogs. Yum! Whoop out loud, right? I know Nikki is going to love this. He loves a frozen treat. They have two different flavors. One is Punch's Mix, which is peanut butter and pretzel. And the other one is Rosie's Batch, which is pumpkin and mini cookies. You know, 
I kind of like both of those flavors too, but my absolute favorite is fish food. Anything Ben and Jerry's is always fabulous because the quality is so good and their mixes are so delicious. Be sure to check out more about these frozen dog desserts as well as pictures of all the caniners at the Ben and Jerry's Vermont office at benjerry.com. That's B-E-N-J-E-R-R-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. We're talking with Basil Nazar. He is an expert in gut health, an expert in my eyes, and many, many others, I'm sure. So you've also created Boss Cat and Boss Dog. What is Boss Cat and Boss Dog? And you have Boss Nation. Yes, absolutely. So a Boss Nation is actually the company. We have two brand pillars, Boss Dog and Boss Cat. Uh, we launched our first uh, concept in January of 2019. So a lot of people think we've been around for seven or eight years because we've got so many highly innovative concepts in the pet segment. But really what started it all, Michelle, was I have a 20 plus year background in um, Greek style yogurt. And so for a number of years, I was you know, challenged with how do you enhance your yogurt concepts by introducing a variety of different probiotic strains. So for, you know, for 20 years, I, I had the luxury of working with some of the best complex science scientists and, and how we get that done, whether it was plant-based solutions, soups, a whole variety of things. So that's really where the education came from. And then, you know, we challenged uh, my regulatory team about three years ago to say, how do we translate that into pets? And so that essentially is what uh, started uh, the boss nation of boss dog and boss cat. And I wanted you know, my first market entry to be uh, an extremely loud entry. So we started with Greek style frozen yogurt treats for pets. And so it's good for dogs or cats. It's 100% lactose free, 3 billion probiotics uh, per cup. And that, of course, then gave birth to a whole variety of things. Raw goat milk, where we've added taurine, which, as you know, is a, a critical requirement for cats at a uh, 0.2% level. We've added DHA, and then we've got great source supply stories on everything from our complete meal systems for cat entrees, all the way up to frozen meal systems for both dogs and cats. So a whole wide variety of items uh, for Boss Dog or Boss Cat to be a lifestyle brand solution for you. Okay. So I know you started with Boss Dog and then came Boss Cat. Mm -hmm. And the things about cats is they are the boss always in their mind. <laughs> so, and in many cat parents' minds, how was it to create these boss cat treats and so forth for cats? Because cats, what I'm getting at alluding to is that cats are so finicky. Most of them, not mine or not, but the, they're most, they're really finicky. Well, I'll tell you, that's something that, you know, I, I kind of learned uh, head first when I got in the industry. You know, we did start innovating initially for dogs and then concepts for both dogs and cats right out the gate. But only in the last three months have I come out with a specific line under the boss cat pillar. And so you're right. Innovating for cats is a challenge, especially when you're dealing with complete meal systems. 
I could say with a very clear mind that all of our products are very well received by cats. Our, our entry that's literally hitting the streets in the next week, it's boss cat frozen raw entree and turkey and chicken recipe. That took nine months to develop. And I'll be honest with you, we had the formula spot on uh, the guidelines in terms of the, the nutritionals were perfect, but we we really wanted to get the palatant right, and that is to get every cat to want to love it. And uh, we finally figured it out. But you're right, it's a, uh, a much more challenging uh, portfolio of products when we innovate for cats than when we do dogs. You know, I've heard that it's because cats, I think, have stronger senses as far as especially nose than dogs, but maybe they're just picky. I think there's truth to both of them. <laughs> So how were your cats? Did they like what you created, right? Boss cat right from the get go? Or were they a little bit, you know, ah, you know, this is good, but we know you can do better kind of, you know, your thoughts. We've got a little zoo menagerie here at the house. We've got four dogs, two cats, and then we're, we're trying to adopt a Maine coon from back East working with Mary Tan. They're great. They're great Maine coons. Mine is a mix, Dennis, but they're great cats. We figured they'd be good because we've got a 165-pound Rhodesian Ridgeback who's like the peacemaker here, but we want another cat that can kind of, you know, hang out with him. He's very, uh, the other two cats are almost like dogs, quite frankly. They go with us on pack walks. So it's uh, one big happy family here. We, yeah, we do test on the animals all the time. I can tell you that, you know, I won't put a product to market if my dogs or cats don't like it. And, uh, you know, whether it's the frozen meal line or the freeze dried line, uh, they all love it. So the whole family's fed on boss dog and boss cat. And uh, we intend to continue to do that. Well, that's good to know. So, you know what I just was thinking? I don't know if I asked you if you answered this and if I asked this. We're talking, you know, with the probiotics and everything. What is the result and how long before your cat or dog is consuming, you know, boss cat or boss dog, should you see results? I'll tell you, when I converted most of my animals to raw feed about a year and a half ago is when we started because it was a slow transition. I took about six weeks to um, just ratio both what they were eating previously, you know, two to one for about a few weeks. And then we finally went to 100% conversion. I would say by the time we'd converted completely after about eight weeks, the biggest indicator for me, and again, there's really no easy way to put this, less than 60 or 70% of the waste in the yard that we had previously, the amount of shedding uh, went down tremendously in the dogs that are consistently shedders. And so I would say, you know, within two months, I started to notice a, uh, just a dramatic difference in, the, in their output and their overall look. Uh, and that's not to say we were feeding them food that wasn't good prior. It's just it wasn't, uh, you know, 100% raw feed. And uh, that's what we're doing by and large now. Okay, so how does somebody get started? You know, say, I mean, we have lots of listeners. I'm grateful for that. And they're thinking, you know, this sounds good. I should, you know, think about switching my cat or my dog over to this product, to Boss Cat or Boss Dog. How would someone get started? And also, where can we find your products? First of all, you can find us either at bossnationbrands.com, bossdogbrand.com, or bosscatbrand.com. And uh, there we'll have a, a store locations list. We focus on specialty pet retailers. So I would be um, surprised if you don't find a retailer within five to 10 miles of your residence within the greater United States. And then to answer your question on how you start introducing the product, I think with any uh, new food, whether it's raw or not, uh, there needs to be a slow transition. And I usually follow this basic rule. 
slowly mix in your current dog or cat food. I like to go one-to-one. So whatever you're serving currently with an equal amount of raw, and then just gradually transition from 50 to 60 to 70 to 80 to 90% over the course of about seven days. Sometimes that could be a little longer depending on uh, if your animal has ever had anything other than, let's say, a standard kibble or a standard uh, cat food. So, you know, I've seen transitions take up to 14 weeks. And what I mean by knowing when it's time to completely transition or not, uh, you know, sometimes the animals might reject it within the first two or three days. That's very normal. So again, you want to make that ratio of their old food and their new food consistent until it just really becomes a a very uh, seamless process, but usually about seven days. And I start with a a one-to-one, 50-50. And then just work down. I, and then okay. Down, yeah. okay, that's good advice. I know with any food, there's a transition, you know, process to go through, but I wanted to especially know with raw food and probiotics and all that. Let's talk about your recipes on Boss Nation. They look like a lot of fun. How did you come up with this? Do you design the recipes? So it's a kind of a collective. So again, the, the group that I ended up handpicking and coming over had been with me for about 15 years when I, you know, innovated and launched a Greek yogurt concept for humans. So I have uh, some regulatory and supply chain specialists uh, that are really the best in the game. You know, we'll sit down and I'll say, I'm not in the business of me too innovation. I want something that's going to add value to the industry. And uh, that's typically how every innovative round starts. Now, what's nice about what we're doing here at Boss Dog and Boss Cat is, you know, we have great source supply of our protein. So we know all our proteins coming out of the Pacific Northwest. Uh, We know where all our taurine and DHA is coming from. That's critical. Uh, Once you have source supply uh, and and you have a real basic message, like we want protein first in all of ours, we want at least 500 million probiotics per ounce in our complete meal systems. It gets a lot easier to innovate this stuff, Michelle. So, uh, you know, we've come a long way in the last two and a half years, and I owe a lot of it uh, to the team. Well, you also have some great content on your Boss Nation site. You have more detailed information about your products. You also have some, it looks like some holiday recipes. You know, we introduced the uh, the treat tray in both Boss Dog and Boss Cat. They were BPA-free silicone trays, and, and the marketing team took it upon themselves to put out about 100 different recipes with watermelon and freeze-dried meals, and, and it's turned into real a fun little item for us, and consumers love it because they can treat their animals, and I think you know our animals should be treated as often as we are, and uh, so it's, it's worked out really well for us, um, accessorizing the line, I like to call it, making it a lifestyle brand. Well, I wish you amazing success. And I know you've had amazing success in the past. So I think Boss Nation, Boss Cat, Boss Dog are going to be just take off like crazy. And thank you so much for coming on Best Beds for Pets. It's my pleasure. And uh, I'm glad I was able to share today. Thank you. And I want to thank my crew, Dennis, Charlotte, Molly, Jethro, and Sammy. And of course, Nikki for trying Boss Cat and Boss Dog. They loved it. I am so looking forward to them having better gut health. Thanks to my producer, Mark Winter, who makes me and my guests sound amazing. And huge thanks to everyone listening. Now, stay tuned. You never know what we're going to have coming up on Best Pets for Pets. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.